This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Hi, my name is Kamel Nanjiani. And I feel skeptical about being Conan O'Brien's best friend. Oh, wow. You added best friend. It oh, my God. It does <laughs> not say that. It doesn't say You did that on purpose. You did no. that on purpose. Well, guess oh what? Oh, my God. Guess what? I don't really have a best friend. Are you looking? I am. <laughs> I bring a lot to the table. You do. Fall is here. Hear the yell. Back to school. Ring the bell. Brand new shoes. Walking blues. Climb the fence. Books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends Hey there! Welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Uh, we are very excited. Mm -hmm. This is kind of cool, actually. Not just because I'm joined, as always, by Sonam Obsession and uh, Matt Gorley. Hello. Um, that was creepy. But... I don't, I don't know what, why you say Because you do, like, hello. I'm just um, trying to like be innocuous so you'll move on. You I'm know? Batman. Uh, That's not creepy if I'm Batman. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm Batman. Yeah. Oh. I'm Batman. You, hey. I'm Batman. I saw Not the same. I'm, I'm Batman. On. Most nights I'm Batman. That some, sounds really. Some nights I'm just a guy. No, you got, you're ruining it. I'm I am Batman. No, your voice did I, something. I, I'm Batman. <laughs> oh my God. Help me, I'm Batman. <laughs> Help me. Batman needs to see an ENT <laughs> immediately. He's got a large polyp in his throat. <laughs> uh, no, I, what I wanted to mention before we got off on this whole Batman stupidity was that uh, starting tomorrow, this is exciting. Starting tomorrow, uh, I've, and I say I, meaning we, Hmm. have a serious XM channel, Team Coco Radio. Team Coco Radio is going to be on channel 106. And um, it's just a, I don't know. This I, is I, very exciting. Now, the podcast is going to be also streaming on there at yes, times. Yes. Huh. What do you think that means? How do you think that's different from how people normally listen to a podcast? I'm just curious. I have always imagined, as you know, I'm not a sophisticated man of the current times. I, uh, really? Because when I think of you, I think of your title being Sophisticated Man of the Current <laughs> Times. <laughs> I've always thought when we do the podcast, it always felt to me like it was just radio. So I always picture people listening to the podcast on a mid-1960s transistor radio. Live as we say at, it. Live as we say it. And they're walking down the beach and they're thinking about, um, you know, are they going to vote for Muskie in the election or not, you know? And so <laughs> I always said... I, I don't think about it. I, you know, I talk into the microphone and then people on the street seem pleased with what's happening. And so it just seems to me like it's radio anyway. Mm -hmm. So now, and you're always giving me a hard time because you, you love to point out that uh, I'm a fool and this isn't radio. It's a podcast. It's mm -hmm. different. Now, now though, yeah. I'm right. Now I'm on the radio. Hey, are yeah. you excited? I am. I'll tell you why. It's going to play the Sirius XM channel uh, 106, Team Coco Radio, is going to play all the podcasts, but also there's going to be a lot of original content that we're going to put on there. And there's a lot of stuff from our my many, many, many years of making foolishness that's going to appear on that channel. 
And it's been a lot of fun to start curating things. And uh, we've done some, you know, recordings, a lot of recordings already. And it's been, I just end up laughing a lot. It's fun. Hmm. So uh, I love the idea of wasting people's time in a new creative way. Yeah. <laughs> That's your real talent. I'm always looking for a new medium. And uh, now we've infected what was a very uh, popular and successful entertainment outlet. Yeah. We've, uh, don't say it like that. This is exciting. <laughs> Serious what? XM. You know what this means? Huh. Anytime you rent a car, anytime, and you feel like, Sona, okay, I'm on a trip with my, my kids, Mikey and Charlie, and my husband, Tack, and we're in our nice rental car. Man, I wish I could hear more Conan O'Brien. Oh. Yes, hold on. Mm. Sirius. Does this rental car have Sirius? I bet it does. Most of them do. Yes, it does. Not interested. Yeah. I'll just go to 106. Can I trade in my car? <laughs> Can I trade in this car I just rented? Do you have an old Volkswagen from the 60s? I just want to get a pony. <laughs> you know, one of the fun things is uh, getting to talk to some of the writers and producers that were there when we did all this ridiculous stuff that I don't even remember happening. Yeah, you That's- have a really big, you know, thing Thank you very much. Let's end right wow. there. Wow, Sirius Radio has changed you, Sona. Yeah. You have this big uh, portfolio of work. Portfolio? Oh, I couldn't think of another library. one. What is the other library. one? Uh, what did you say? Library. 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 Hello, library. my name is Conan O'Brien. Behold, my comedy portfolio. Wow, look at that throbbing portfolio. <laughs> that hot throbbing. Check out my portfolio. <laughs> Zip. Flap. Oh my, that's some portfolio of comedic adventures. Give me that portfolio. I don't know the thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a well, lot. It's a lot. It of, is, it's a lot of stuff. It's, it's not everybody that's given a full channel on Sirius XM. I, mean, I looked into it. A lot of people are. Really? Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, it is. It's nice. I was excited about it, and um, you know, there have been times I have to admit where I, you know, I'm a fan of Sirius XMs, and I'll be listening to you know, you listen to like a Howard Stern, or you listen to the Beatles channel. I really like, or I really like the Elvis channel. Um, but then, you know, I'm like, this is all fine and everything, but where am I? Mm. And then I think maybe I'm over here. No, it's Ozzy's Boneyard. (laughs) You know, maybe I'm over here. No, it's Lithium. Well, where am I? I know that's a very egocentric thing to say. So you were at one point looking for yourself, thinking you had a channel and you... I'm sad to admit I did. There's a couple of years there where I would always be very excited and I would turn to the kids when we were in a car and say, listen to me, guys, let's find my Sirius XM channel. And oh. it didn't exist. Oh. And the kids would then tease me. Oh, but then sad. we'd listen to Ozzy's Boneyard. <laughs> <laughs> Do Matt and I get our own channels too? Oh, I'm looking into it. Really? Oh, yeah, okay. they're going to be pretty high up. Oh. Yeah, in the thousands. I'll There's take a, it. Channels, uh, very few people know that um, there are some serious channels in the high 2000s. Yeah, the rarefied I, air. It's like a penthouse channel. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think I Which could is what mine will be. Program like 20 minutes of stuff and then that could just be on a loop. If you just played, and this is something we have to do. We have to get your husband's Soviet era toys, yeah. children's toys. Oh, yeah. I have to you bring know? those in. You have to bring those in. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. what we could feature mm-hmm. on, on, on Conan's uh, Sirius XM channel, playing these toys that tell you to you know, turn in anyone who has strayed, <laughs> who has strayed from the Communist Party line. I love a tour where you pull the string and it monitors you closely and asks you for your papers. Yeah, my your papers. Where are your it's papers? All in Russian. I have yeah. no idea what it's saying. Ah, uh, here's a here's a nice little stuffed bear named Gruti who <laughs> asks you for your papers. You will come with me now. There's another there's another little he has a friend who's a little rabbit who translates. You must go with him now. Well, anyway. I'm Checkpoint Charlie. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think we're going to have a lot of fun over there. So it's, uh, if you're inclined, Sirius XM, Team Coco Radio Channel 106, more foolishness, not to be taken seriously, but onward. Yeah. So people are listening on your channel right, right now, now it, telling them to listen to your channel. <laughs> yes. 
They should check out the podcast. This is like that Escher drawing of a hand drawing a hand drawing a hand. Yeah. Um, yes. If you're listening right now to the podcast and you want to hear more of me talking, you can go to Sirius XM, Team Coco Radio, Channel 106. If right now you're listening to Channel 106, you might want to check out the podcast. Wait till we release this on vinyl. Wherever your podcasts are available. And yes, all of this will be on vinyl within the year, and then it will be on a wax cylinder. Yeah, yeah. Then they have those Target gift cards that play little sound bites, and it'll just be one of those. I'll cut that. That doesn't work. It's not worth saying. I will not rest until I'm on a monitor in a gas station. (laughs) (laughs) There's been been times where I've been like driving through Nevada and I stop at a gas station and there's a little monitor there as I put my unleaded gas in and it's some actor or comedian talking to me. And I think, man, that's when you know you've made it. Someday. Someone has to look at you while you're (laughs) filling your car with gas and you're enraged at the high prices. I'm Mario Lopez. (laughs) You're paying too much for your unleaded. Check out these prices. Get a swim gym inside. I'm Mario Lopez and I can't escape this gas station. (laughs) I'm actually inside this I'm actually in this tank right now. (laughs) The fumes are killing me. All right, we've got it started. Such a great show today. My guest is a very funny actor, comedian, and writer who has starred in such films and shows as The Big Sick, Silicon Valley, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Eternals Now. You can see him in the new Hulu series, Welcome to Chippendales. Uh, I love this guy. Thrilled he's here with us today. Kumail Nanjiani, Welcome. You are you are very talented. Um, I've been enjoying your comedy. You're a hilarious person. Uh, Thank and, you. And you've had this incredible career arc. I would be proud to call you my best friend. And there's a couple of people out there listening right now who think they're my best friend. Yeah, like mm. Timothy Oliphant? I know exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Is it really him? <laughs> no, he's not my best friend. You guys are one of the famous friendships. There's famous friendships. Like, you know... Mulaney and Pete Davidson is a famous friendship. Right. There are like famous friendships. And I feel like you and Timothy Oliphant are. I want it to be. Um, I love that guy. But, uh, you know, he's he'll go off for seven months at a time. He's a working actor in demand. And he'll be making a movie in Wales. And I don't see him. And I can't have that in The Best Friend. You, I know, are very busy. But I'll I'll be around. I'm you know I'm. You'll make uh, the time. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds so you'll, sinister. Oh, <laughs> you'll the, make the time. It's man. very needy. Yeah, yeah, unbreaking eye contact. You haven't blinked <laughs> for the last three minutes. My eyes are painted on. <laughs> oh, I'm a creepy doll in a museum. Um, you're one of those people who, the minute I see you, I feel like oh, Kumail and I could talk for maybe like four hours I about feel, things we like. That's so great to hear because I feel the same way about you. And the last time we ran into each other was at a restaurant. Exactly. You introduced me to Martin Short that's right. and Liza, who I don't think I had met before. She's lovely. Yep. And Martin Short, I was you know very very excited to meet. What a nice guy. You had a cool group together. I had a nice group. You came by. You said hi, and then you walked away. And then when I went over, I was like, hey, would you introduce me to Martin Shaw? You were like, come by. So I went yeah, over like you half asked hour me, later. And that was sweet because it was a nice moment because you were so sweet about, oh my God, if you could just introduce me to Martin Short, that would be like a nice, I've never met him. And so it was one of those nice moments in life where all I had to do was say, oh, um, Marty, Kumail. And, he, and you know, he was very happy to meet you. I did nothing except you treated me as if I had done you this huge favor, even though all I did was... Now that I think about it, you didn't do very much. I didn't do anything. Yeah. So I need, sound like it? Maybe you should be best friends with Martin Short. Yes. I, I feel like we would we would could have a good famous friendship going because he's a very <laughs> nice giving man. I don't know what if you mean giving man. <laughs> Hold on a second. Yeah, a giving man. I love how he's yes, a giving that's, man. That's how it was. That's how it was laid out. Well, if, what I mean is when I met him, I think he understood how much he meant to me, mm-hmm. and so he was like extra kind because he knew that him being nice to me would mean a lot to me. Yes. Um, and the other thing that happened was, this is going to feel like a name drop, but you you, you came, you, you said hi to people at our table. There was a gentleman sitting next to me and you talked to him for a while. Mm-hmm. Good to see you, whatever. 
And then you went and sat down when I came, met Martin Short. He was lovely. And then you were like, hey, who's the guy sitting next to you? And I said, Ewan McGregor? Is that, what? Is that? I didn't recognize that it was Ewan McGregor. He had now, a big beard. He had a big beard and it was a, it was outdoors because it was still one of those COVID situations. Where it's famously hard to see outdoors. Were you <laughs> at night with bad lighting? He was wearing a t-shirt that said, I'm Ewan McGregor. <laughs> and I didn't recognize him right away. I he just said a, hi. I was very pleasant to him. And also, I'm going to say this. You I were was, very pleasant and you didn't recognize I stood, him? I stood behind. I was, be, I was talking to you. He had his back to me, and I kind of did one of those highs around the corner things. So I didn't really get a good look at him. I swear to God. But that Scottish accent? What about And those that? eyes? Those he eyes. didn't yeah. say much. That hair? He didn't say did much. Did you and he... act like you recognized him? No, yeah. I thought he was I, I, I was, I was just being very polite to a human being. You were being very polite, and I didn't realize that you didn't recognize him. Like, you did a good job. And obviously, as soon as I went back, I was like, hey, by the way, he had no idea who you were. No. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. I didn't do that. But I also, did not do that. I've interviewed Ewan McGregor. I love Ewan McGregor. I love his work. But I was, when I saw him, I didn't get a good look at his face. He has a big beard. It's dark out. Yeah, because he's rest- playing Obi-Wan but, Kenobi. No, but he on. had a lightsaber at the time. Yeah, Jeez. but he wasn't wearing a kilt. He didn't have a Tam O'Shanter. Why are you directing it outwards? I saw no no bagpipes. (laughs) I saw you attacking him. You know, he wasn't saying, uh, can you score me some heroin for my part in train spotting? I mean, things that were... (laughs) I like that you needed clarification for what movie you were referencing. The most famous (laughs) heroin movie that is that introduced us to Ewan McGregor. Really? Is it the most famous heroin movie? There are so many. I think Wizard of Oz is a heroin movie. Okay. Okay, the well. poppies, the poppies. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. They all get high on the poppy field. I and mean, collapse. You, you could have said uh, "Requiem for a Dream," which is obviously a, like a like a drug movie. Uh-huh. But I want to say you said something to me at that thing when that I thought was. By very- the way, who is Ewan McGregor? Oh. <laughs> oh god! Oh my god! Matt's gonna explode right now. You're talking about Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Oh please, no! That was Alec Guinness. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Wasn't he Obi-Wan Kenobi? Yeah, but come on. You oh, know. But, oh, let me guess. Did they make other Star Wars movies uh, afterwards? Yeah. Oh, don't mess with perfection. Yeah. I like that you're attacking Ewan McGregor, the one guy who is not at fault here. Yeah, really. <laughs> I'm really not attacking him. I swear to God. And Ewan, I know you're a big fan of the podcast and you're listening. <laughs> I am not attacking you. I am sorry you had a giant beard. You were not wearing overtly stereotypical Scottish <laughs> oh, attire, God. which I think is the job of anyone from right. Scotland. You recognized me because I was wearing a shalbar kurta at the time. You were. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. And I had a map of Pakistan with an arrow pointing and it said homeland. Yes. How do you know who he is today? Because when he walked on. when he walked in, he was holding again the aforementioned map that had uh, a big map of Pakistan and it said homeland. Yeah. And so that helps me. Those things yeah. help me. And I brought the traditional sweets of my people. Yes. Uh, That's what uh, Sona did when I first met her. She brought me the traditional dried pomegranate and apricot oh God. of yeah. the Armenian people. Yeah, and you're like, oh, you're Armenian. Let's let me make fun of you for I the would next never, 14 years. I would never do that. You can't get away with that in this day and age, and, and I never I would. You floated in this country in a basket. So. Not true. Yeah. Uh, but lost. when we ran into each other, you said something very kind to me, and I don't know if you want me to say it on the air. Maybe you don't, and you can take it out. But it really meant a lot to me. You said, you know, I never worry about you. And That's th- true. That was such a wonderful thing to hear. I, it like sort of like took took me aback. I was oh really, really? yeah. I really loved hearing that. Well, I I meant it, and then I actually referenced in the beginning of the episode your career arc. But I first met you as a stand up, right? You doing stand up comedy, and you were so funny, and your material was so sharp and well observed. And obviously, stand up, so you to write your own material, you have to have the fortitude to get up there and deliver it. And so I met you in that guise. Then I saw you, uh, as I've said, in one of my favorite shows of all time in Silicon Valley. And and I thought, I love this guy. I love the show. I thought everyone was perfectly cast. Yeah. And um, that is a very hard thing to pull off. It's, uh, you know, uh, in so many ways, the perfect show. And my son and I have really bonded over that show. We love that show and rewatch it a lot. And then uh, you made The Big Sick. And I just like, I, I, you know, you and your wife made it and I was just seeing like, oh, this guy just keeps leveling up, which I thought was very impressive. And 
then you've had this whole other arc. Um, oh, thank you. So I'm, I'm, I, I don't worry about you. Not that, not that I walk around. I worry a lot about you and McGregor. Uh, <laughs> worry he hasn't had an adequate career. I just don't. Do you worry about Conan at all? And you can be honest. No, I don't worry about Conan. You, you know what's what's <laughs> what dangerously is? insane? Yeah, but because I don't care. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another great way not. So you don't really, and also to be fair, you don't really worry about anyone. Yeah, no, I, I worry about. I can count the people on my hands. On a good day, my mother. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. Brother, I really worry about uh, Emily. Um, uh-huh. No, I. I well, what's been inspiring about your career is you've done so many things too, and you've been so good at finding, at sort of um, evolving yourself, and you know, doing these like long, long form interviews. Which right. at the beginning, you know, I first obviously I, I watched The Simpsons, but it was your show on NBC mm-hmm. that when I first started watching, and you were doing like comedy that I had never seen on TV before. I'd never yeah. seen that kind of comedy. It was like surreal and risky and bizarre, and it was awesome. And to see how since then all the stuff you've done now, um, sort of redefining yourself over and over, it's really, really inspiring. Continuing to be. Very funny and insightful and relevant. Oh, that's so nice. I, I, it is interesting that, um, you know, the Martin Shorts, the Steve Martins, all these people that I really admire from a generation or two before mine, they're restless and they're constantly trying to find that next way that they can explore whatever it is they have, whatever their talent is, they can explore it and, and define it. And uh, that intrigues me. That really fascinates me when people can do that. The other side of that, though, is it's something I've been working on and I talk to Emily about a lot. She says, you don't ever take a moment to be like happy for anything you've done. Uh, She says she calls it rest on your laurels. She's like, you should every now and then do that. But um, I think to a fault for me, I don't have it. Like, I just finished shooting Chippendales in July. It's the toughest shoot of my life. It was very, very exhausting. Very, very satisfying and wonderful and magical. Five months. And she was like, as soon as it's done, you're going to start freaking about what you're going to do next. And I was like, no, I'm so proud of this show and my work in it and everybody else's work in it that this time I won't have that. This time I won't think that this was the last job of my career and that now it's done. And then I took a week, I slept for a week, and then on Monday I was like, this is it. That's the end of my career. (laughs) Nothing else is coming. What's next? Are you any good at being in the moment? Are you any good at... I've tried meditation and I cannot do it. I cannot just sit still. I eat quickly. I mean, you've seen Sona. It's yeah. just a, it's a disaster. It's just terrifying. You're like a wood chipper. Yes. Yeah. I just yes. Like, and I eat quickly. And Shoveling. I even say beforehand, okay, I'm going to cut my meal in half. I'm going to take each bite slowly. I'm going to put my fork down in between bites. I say all that beforehand. And then they put the, the food down in front of me. And I, like a serial killer, black out. Yeah. And when I wake up, everyone's dead. Oh, oh my God. Oh. I've eaten all That's of them. That's not an eating problem. Uh, yeah. You're right. You know what? <laughs> this is a good point, Matt. And I wish someone yeah. else had pointed this the, out to the me. The plate is still full of oh, food. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. I haven't touched the food. <laughs> no. But I've murdered and eaten everyone around me. Yeah. I mean, okay, yeah. This is a different problem I think I've wandered into. Yeah, I don't think that'll hold up in court. It's a weird alibi. <laughs> I think yeah, it's, I, think I really will. have a problem being in the present. I murder people at every dinner. <laughs> I don't think those words mean what you think they mean. (laughs) I gotta say, everywhere I go, people are talking about Monopoly Go. And for good reason. It's an absolute hit! Yeah. I love Monopoly. People love Monopoly. And look, Monopoly's been around for a very long time. It's one of the oldest board games ever, okay? Okay. But lately I walk around and I just hear like, Monopoly Go, Monopoly Go, Monopoly Go. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? What are you guys talking about? And they say, we're playing Monopoly Go. You can play it with your family, your friends. It's a straight delight. There's always something new to do. Partner events where you can build on each other's boards and crazy tournaments with team events you can recruit your friends for. Or you can just compete to outdo them all on the leaderboards. Mm. And when you're not messing with your family and friends, Monopoly Go is always throwing new stuff at you. They have taken Monopoly to the next level. I didn't think Monopoly had to go to the next level. But they did. (laughs) There's timed events like massive multipliers for all your winnings and challenges like treasure hunts and 
or money sprees that have fun new mini games. Plus, with tons of rewards to collect, like stickers for trading with friends and hilarious emojis that are perfect for gloating, there's always a reason to dip back in. Yeah. Man, they cracked it, you know? They did. So join the fun. Download Monopoly Go now free on the App Store and Google Play. Come on, if most people are being honest, no one really knows what you do for work, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, especially if you're in a, what I like to call B2B. Oh, you know? what, what is that? I'll explain. Okay. That's a business doing business with other businesses. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I call it B2B. It's a little thing. It's also, uh, it's a boy band I'm working on. <laughs> anyway, fortunately, LinkedIn has a network of professionals who get what you do, and you can reach the right people who matter most to your company because they're LinkedIn. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. LinkedIn has over, this is the fun part to say, 1 billion members. Are you serious? Yeah. That's not that's more people than are on Earth because there are people on the moon using it and Saturn. <laughs> that's one over 1 billion members on its platform, including 70 million decision makers. God, I'd like to meet a decision maker. Since LinkedIn members are regularly updating their work history, you can precisely build a target audience by job title, industry, company, and more. Man, you can reach the right people for your, I'm going to say it again, B2B business with LinkedIn ads. Yeah. Gets even better because LinkedIn will give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Hmm. There you go. Just go to linkedin.com slash Team Coco to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash Team Coco. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. I eat food super fast. Except dessert, I take tiny bites because I really love it a lot. But Emily's the same way. We like, if we go out with another couple, it's embarrassing. Because our food is done, I'm like literally like in four minutes, can Our I, entire food. Can I tell you one of the reasons I didn't recognize Ewan McGregor is his face was covered in your food. <laughs> you were eating so quickly that food was just flying. Yeah. I just saw a beard with um, a lot of shredded beef on it and, and, and yeah, half, right. half yeah. chewed vegetables. Yeah, uh, right. You, you cover everyone around right. you, you in like, shredded food. Who's this guy with ravioli eyes? <laughs> <laughs> and why isn't he wearing a kilt? <laughs> so yeah, I, and I try. I do meditate, uh, especially when I'm working. I meditate every morning. It really, really helps me sort of become present. Can you tell me what your technique is? Because I'm. I mean, I don't want to get too personal, but what I I have tried and tried and tried, and I don't know how to do it. Well, I, my I, mind is. You know, they say it's whatever. The mind is like a thousand monkeys. Mine all need Adderall. Each each monkey needs. Adder no, it's the opposite. I've never heard that never term. Heard is that, that. I maybe just your therapist that. said that? <laughs> this is the problem with your mind is you're making up these terms. Do you know how everyone's mind is a thousand crazy monkeys? Yeah. No, no, I don't know that. You know how when you go to eat quickly, you black out and you wake up and everyone's dead. Yeah. <laughs> so far, I'm an op you know what I love? I'm an yeah. observational comic yeah. whose observations no one can relate to. Right. Do you literally think you have a thousand monkeys inside your head? I really. Do. Oh, oh, see, this is a problem. At yeah, least yeah. A thousand. You know, sometimes uh, when you're out and you're buying a sort of a 1920s diving suit, you know, the kind with <laughs> sure, the brass helmet, sure. and you're eating custard. You know, we've all been yeah, there, right? You, oh, yeah. And you walk in, mm, and then suddenly there's a robot. <laughs> yeah, my, my observations are no one's relating to anything I'm saying. I apologize. What were you like as a kid? Were you an anxious person? I mean, I was such an awkward, nerdy, weird little kid, and I sort of knew it, and I sort of hated that about myself. Mm. I hate, I've always known that I was smart, and I always had like, okay, I'm not cool, I'm not good looking, I'm not good at sports, but I'm smart. So I was like, that's going to be the thing that's going to like get me. If I ever get anywhere, it's going to be that. So yeah, it was really like living a lot in the mind, imagining, thinking, 
that was sort of all I thought I could really do. Um, and I was also like, I really poured myself into my studies. I studied a lot. Me like, too. Me I too. Got, did you really? Yes. Oh, I was a terrible grind. Yeah. I studied all day, all the time. And I also, I sort of do look back. I wasn't really funny until college. I come from a very funny family. My whole family is very funny. Extended family. Everybody's always making jokes. It's clearly like a value for us. Like it's important to all of us to, to be funny. Um, it's not effortless. Everybody's like trying to get a laugh mm -hmm. all the time. But I felt like I couldn't really hang with that until college because I didn't really feel like a person until college because I felt like I had kind of nothing to offer. So I didn't know who I was. Yep. Um, and, uh, and then in college, suddenly people were like, hey, you're funny. I'm like, oh, I now have an adjective I can use to describe myself. I felt like that was the first mm -hmm. time I really felt like I had anything was was being funny. And then right. it sort of became the entire fucking world for a very, very, very long time. All I cared about was comedy. And now I'm, I'm sort of, you know, I still obviously care a lot about comedy, but trying to do other stuff has been uh, also very exciting and satisfying. How old were you when you... I was 18. 18. I came on my own. I went to college. It's interesting, you know, you I know, was... That's, that's much later than I thought. What did you know about the, uh, America when you came? What were you thinking about? What were your preconceptions? I'd seen a lot. I've seen a lot of movies. Yeah. So you know, there's gremlins everywhere. Right. <laughs> Sometimes one day will just repeat itself. You thought Har Harrison Ford was president? Yeah, Harrison Did you Ford. Run into any Terminators? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I hope I don't. If I do, I hope it's later Arnold. <laughs> what a what a terrible vision that you had. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> uh, don't get in a DeLorean until unless you want your mom to hit on you. <laughs> Uh, so I grew up, I understood yeah. all that about American culture. And all, Did you see our commercials or no? You didn't see the commercials? I didn't really see very much commercials. I had an aunt in Singapore who would record like cartoons off the TV. So I saw like foreign commercials, like Singapore commercials, which mm -hmm. were a lot more like American commercials than Pakistani commercials. Mm -hmm. But I didn't. And I remember I first visited America when I was like 13 or 14. And it was an ad for KFC. And they were like, ripping on McDonald's by name. Like they had like a clown who kind of looked like Ronald McDonald, but like fucked up looking. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was like, how can they do that? They could just make fun of another company. Um, I'd never. It's still, I mean, I'm still wondering right now how they could do that. Yeah. You can't go after Ronald. You can go after McDonald's, but you can't. You can't go after Ronald McDonald. They, wow, you're so angry about it. Well, he's like it. a religious okay. figure, you okay. know? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's <laughs> Santa Claus, <laughs> yeah. the Pope, yeah. Ronald McDonald. Ronald McDonald. <laughs> That's yeah. the way McDonald's him. burned the colonel in effigy as yeah. a retaliation. It became a huge war. <laughs> yeah, here. it yeah. got, it was like East Coast, West Coast. Yeah. It yeah. got really, a lot of people died. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. They sent Burger King yeah. to mediate. Yeah, Hamburglar <laughs> became Ham Murderer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, so so I knew that about American culture. But I was going to say, you know, I was so I knew I loved movies and TV so much. I didn't really leave the house very much. Other kids played outside. I really watched movies and TV shows mm -hmm. for like most of my life. And I played video games. So I feel very, very grateful that I get to work in this industry that I've loved my entire life. My dad yeah. loved movies and that's who. But, you know, someone like Emily she understood that she was weird and different from everyone else. And she really leaned into it. So she was like a goth in high school. Mm -hmm. In the seventh grade, she started dyeing her hair with, with Sharpie herself. Oh my and God. kids would make fun of her. She would like draw all over her clothes. So it's interesting to see that, you know, both of us kind of felt like we didn't fit. And I tried to become invisible. And she was like, fuck you. I'm going to be the weirdest person in the world. That's so fascinating. I, you said something that I completely connect to, which is you didn't, uh, you didn't know who you were, you know, when you're yeah. younger. And I remember very clearly having, just thinking, I, because I, I would look at my brothers and sisters and think that they all had, you know, they were all defined people. And I remembered feeling um, 
like a Mr. Potato Head that they hadn't put any pieces on yet. Like they mm. hadn't put the nose or the eyes on or the mouth oh yet. Oh my God, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, and I remembered thinking... Um, just a potato then. Yeah, just a, I was just a plastic potato, yeah. which is the worst kind. You know, <laughs> no nutrients. Well, you um, are Irish. Yeah, exactly. And so... And, so, and, and mostly plastic. Yeah. And uh, there's nothing inside. And uh, no one plays with me anymore. Just a uh, hollow plastic... <laughs> No one's wanted me in 30 years. No, no, come on, come on. We're just having fun. But um, I remembered thinking, trying out, you know, I know I'll be civic-minded guy, Mm. you know? How you know? Mm. No, I mean, I, what? what's that I care guy? about causes? Was that what it was? Yeah, or, just you know, I'll be this guy. I'll be that guy. I mean, I would permits. I would try things, and I didn't think I didn't know what my natural enthusiasms were, and I didn't think comedy counted. You know, and so yeah, I would try things on at times, and 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 you know, and I remember telling my mother, you know, one day, well, I'm going to go to law school. This is when I was. <laughs> <laughs> like in you know, 12 years old or something. And she yeah. went, really? Because she was really proud. And I went, yes, yes, I'm going to be a great lawyer. And then later on saying, I'll be an author. You know, I would just declare these things that didn't have anything behind them. Yeah, I had this thing in in high school where, so I left Pakistan and I and I came here and I sort of lost touch with all my friends from high school. And then I kind of got back in touch with them in the pandemic. And we... We sort of started talking again, and I was like, first of all, I was like, oh, I stole all of your senses of humor. That's what I did. <laughs> yeah. They all talk exactly the way they talked then, and I was like, all right, I took all of that. This is something I say on yeah. your show that I learned from, you know, my friend Tarek. And then one of them messaged me on the side and was like, why did you stop talking to us? Like, we love you, and... At some point, you just stop responding to us. And I realized that I thought in high school that I was this like charity case because I felt I had nothing to offer. Mm-hmm. And I thought they were just being nice to me. That's why they wanted to hang out with me. And I told him that. And he's like, that's crazy. We all really liked you. Yeah. And I just at that age could not imagine anybody liking me because I, I didn't think that there was anything to like. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't know what the, the point of that is but it's it's being comfortable with myself and liking who i am it took a long time you went through this obviously this physical transformation for the eternal that's why i like myself <laughs> is the only and reason. also that's why i like that's you that's why now. we all like you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i just want to get with yeah, you yeah they didn't you know? try and get in touch with me until yeah. i released those pictures on instagram <laughs> yeah but i mean um i'm curious because there's got to be some you know, you've you've you're so in touch with who you were, uh, maybe how insecure you were as a kid, and then you completely transform your body, and that's got to release all kinds of revelations. What I knew I always had was determination, mm-hmm. and so there was a point where I was like, "All right, I'm just gonna like change how I look for this thing now." Mm-hmm. What it weirdly did was, you know. As a kid, I had the, until I was like seven or six, I was the cutest kid you'd ever seen. Mm -hmm. I was adorable. And I knew it. Like if I walked into a store, (laughs) I knew it. Is it because you had those muscles back then? Yeah, Yeah. I was a buff little kid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's so funny that you, it's so funny you say you knew it. Like you would walk up to adults and go, are you ready to meet a cutie pie? (laughs) I wouldn't have to. I was so cute that shopkeepers were threatened to kidnap me. Uh, Wow. So I was That's the ultimate compliment, by the way. Oh, you're kidnappable. It really, like literally, all the time like if I walked in the store and I didn't get a compliment I'd be like what is wrong with these people wow you should see pictures of me like until I was six or seven I was adorable (laughs) and then it really changed Uh very quickly Uh my neck got really long I got four Adam's apples my head got huge my body did you live near a reactor (laughs) (laughs) yeah there may be an explanation here yeah Yeah. both eyes formed joined and formed one eye (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and I got cancer. I should have mentioned. <laughs> oh, that. but also, 
also but also heat vision. But so, else, yeah, yeah. I mean, it all it all balances out. The worst of the powers. <laughs> um, you're right. You're right. Yeah, if you have a microwave. <laughs> yeah, we have need. a microwave. <laughs> yeah, the most useless power there is. I can heat up coffee slightly. <laughs> it doesn't work that well. It's more of a warming ray. <laughs> That'd be great. A superhero who can make things slightly warmer. <laughs> right. Would you yeah. like me to? No, no, no. We're good. We have a microwave. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. How's your soup? Is it a slightly cold? No. Yeah. My soup's fine. I can bring it up to slightly above room temp. It's really good. It's fine. Thank you. Um, and uh, my it's a Vichy Swat. It's supposed to be a little cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My weakness is gazpacho. <laughs> Doctor Gazpacho. <laughs> Versus slightly warm guy. <laughs> um, and my body stayed tiny. Like my shoulders stayed tiny. They used to call me chicken shoulders at school. That's a oh, very uh, descriptive and yeah. specific yeah. put down. Right. I don't even think of a chicken having shoulders. Exactly. Oh, I get exactly. it. They were so good at it. Wow. Yeah. And who goes to a KFC and orders the chicken shoulders? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Do you Can like I get a bucket of chicken shoulders? They have no shoulders. Oh no, it's off menu. Like yeah. in and out. You yeah. gotta ask for it. It's good. That's why their sweaters fall off. Anyway, <laughs> come on, we're having a good time. No one's getting hurt. You ever seen a chicken in suspenders? Wait <laughs> uh, till you see a chicken yeah. shrug. <laughs> yeah. When you see a chicken opening a present at Christmas and it's suspenders, and he goes. Like, what am I going to fucking do with it? Okay, we're putting an end to this riff. This shoulder riff is, needs to yeah. end. Yeah. In 10 minutes. Keep going. <laughs> but so, okay, so. Uh, so, so I, and, and it took me, I remember when it dawned on me, I was like, you know, nobody's threatened to kidnap me in a while. Oh. Wonder what's going on. Oh. And then looking in the mirror being like, oh no, huge nose. Uh, they also called me eggplant nose. So they had a few little different, like, poultry-slash-vegetable-based Yeah, they seem hungry. Yeah. They're very yeah, hungry. Yeah. They were. I mean, you know, it's Pakistan. We're hungry. <laughs> um, and so I sort of became very um, obsessed with how I looked from the age of, like, 10 to really my early 20s. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and then I sort of in my 20s doing work to be like, you know, it doesn't matter how you look. That's kind of why comedy was so important to me where it doesn't matter how you look. Right. I, I remember I was doing a show early on. I won't say who it is, but I was with a handsome guy mm -hmm. and I came back uh, and I like gained some weight and he like made fun of me and I was like, um, I can look like anything and work just as much as I work now. You need to look like that <laughs> to work. Right. Uh, and I remember feeling very proud of myself because I could see it hurt, hurt his feelings. Um, uh, and 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 so then doing the work and not worrying about it as much, and then later again to sort of get in this kind of shape and worrying about how I looked again, it was kind of a mind fuck to sort of. It felt like I'd like regressed ten years back to to how it was, and then and then now I think I have a good relationship with it, and it probably changes your diet too. I would think it does, and it made me realize how how things made me make me feel when I'm eating them. So like now I know, you know, I can eat this donut and it's going to feel great for, you know, 90 seconds because we eat fast. Um, <laughs> but for the next two hours, my energy is going to be weird. I'm going to feel bloated. Like I'm going to feel low energy. So, so now I'm aware of how things make me feel. That's the biggest thing. I wasn't aware of any of these things until uh, I met Liza. And Liza's just naturally very healthy. I mean, the first time I... When we were first dating, I stopped by her apartment, was going to take her out. And I said, did you want to get some food? And she said, oh, no, I, I ate already. And she had this you know, tiny, tiny, tiny apartment with like a little piece of a kitchen, this little fragment of a kitchen. And I said, you ate already? And I, I didn't see any pans or, you know, if, if I had, it's in the same situation, if I had told someone I just ate, there'd have been like a ham carcass in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, three, three empty boxes of yeah. uh, Cocoa Krispies. Uh, um, but there was not, and I said, Aid, what did you eat? And she said, oh, no, I'm fine. I had um, some almonds and uh, I had some dates 
And then I had, you know, some tea and I'm all ready to go. And I thought, what are you, you're, in, you're an insane person. Let me ask, does she enjoy food? Loves it, loves it and eats it and eats very uh, healthy things. But that's just, and then I met her people and her people are just, they have, they have something that my people Like her don't. agents and lawyers and no, no, yeah, her, her people. Yes, yes. <laughs> like her parents and her family, they're all, they, they're sensible they eat a, they eat sensible foods in sensible quantities, and I thought I've never been seen this before. I come from crazed Irish hillbillies that just you know uh, no one's sensibly eating a sensible amount of food and then saying that's enough. We're all eating our feelings because we can't talk about other things, right? And um, <laughs> so yeah. I, if you're eating, you don't have to talk to them, right? Yeah, and you don't have to talk about things that might right. be complicated. You can just. I'll show you, I'll, you know, I'll swallow all this food and then go take a nap. And then my feelings will just be excreted along with the food. <laughs> oh, <laughs> come on. Well, did I go too far? Yeah. When yeah. you start getting into poop, it's too yeah. far. Did I say poop? You yeah. said excreted. Yeah, yeah. it could you, be uh, through perspiration. No, oh. you implied you were shitting out your sadness. <laughs> Yeah. I certainly did. Yeah. I certainly did. I also come from a family. My toilet said to me once, you've got a lot of stuff <laughs> to unpack. Oh. And I said, hey, sentient toilet. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I, I guess I did. Yeah, my family is the same. The, the, you eat as much as you possibly can. Partly because Pakistani food is amazing and my mom is now the best cook I know. Mm -hmm. um, and when we visit, it's the same thing. Emily's like, your parents are just always forcing you to eat, forcing me to eat. We eat as much as possible. But now as they've gotten older and started having, you know, everyone in my family dies of a heart attack. Everybody mm. does. Um, On and principle? <laughs> yeah. We hold out. Okay. Like if we it's get what cancer, the cool kids do. Yeah. Okay. If we get cancer or something, we start eating butter and, <laughs> and, and running in bad ways. Um, what age do they get the heart attack? Because this is important. Yes. So my grandmother passed away at the age of 40 of a oh heart my attack, God. which is very, very young. Uh, my dad uh, has had like, he had like an eight bypass thing, which yeah. is really huge. But what I'm very proud of for them is they've really gotten it together. They both eat very, very healthy now. Um, they've changed their diet completely. They still eat Pakistani food, but now, you know, it's vegetables. It's not as much rice, not as much carbs. They eat no sugar. So I'm very proud of them for the changes that they've made in their lives. It's hard because there's also like cultural pressure to not do it. Oh, of course. I mean, I think you talk about Pakistani food. I think about um, the food that Irish immigrants, you know, or immigrant culture, it was always a meat Potato, lots of butter, lots yeah. of, you know, and um, uh, lots of dairy, lots of bread, and, uh, and, and every meal was, was, was some version of that. Because it's only a recent luxury that people could say, I should start thinking about what of I course. eat. It used to be, if you can find something to eat, yeah. get it into you, right. and you get to live. Yes, exactly. And now, <laughs> and that is our, you know, our evolutionary mandate yeah. Is, uh, is is to eat and have sex with anyone who will have sex That's with us. That's why we love donuts and fucking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you, man, there's my bio. That's the title of my bio. Donuts and fucking. The Conan O'Brien story. Shockingly, uh, no one has purchased Conan's book. Uh, banned in many countries. It's banned in many countries. <laughs> Apparently, the content yeah. is kind of interesting, but the title alone has turned everyone off. Yeah, donuts <laughs> and fucking. <laughs> and, we, and you know what? Sometimes yeah. people don't even have to hear who wrote the book. They just go, "There's a book out called Donuts and Fucking." Conan O'Brien wrote a book. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Uh, um, um, now, I, I, I do want to. I, I want to talk to you about this, the Chippendales project, because that's coming out. In, I think it's a week now. Yeah, next week. November and you've 22nd. worked really hard on this. And this is based on a true story. Yeah, so the show is called Welcome to Chippendales. It's based on the guy who started Chippendales, the male stripping thing, was an Indian immigrant, uh, which I didn't know until I started, you know, until they, they talked to me about this project. And um, it's a wild story. Like, a lot of really intense stuff happened. People, people got murdered. 
it, it's like a really crazy, it's just so much happens in it that I don't want to say. And don't go on Wikipedia, watch the show. And initially, you know, they'd come to me as a movie right after The Big Sick came out. So like mm-hmm. five years ago, four years ago. And I said no, because I was very intimidated to play a character like this. And right. then, and when they came back and now it was a miniseries, I sort of saw the whole thing. They pitched me the, you know, it's Rob Siegel is the creator of it. He did Pam and Tommy. He's written a lot of great movies like The Wrestler. He did Big Fan. Have you seen that movie yes, with Patton? Yes, fantastic. Great writer. And uh, I talked to him three or four times and he was trying, he was like, I think you can do this. And then he pitched me. The, on the fourth meeting, he pitched me every episode, all eight episodes. He's like, this is what happens in episode two, episode three. And I was like, this is just too cool to not do. I have to do it. And I just have to figure out how to not be scared of it anymore, you know? And it was it was really, really the most satisfying professional experience I've had since making The Big Sick. Really? I really felt like I... One, you know, it's interesting because I've worked with a lot of uh, actors who come from the comedy world. And so when you work with people who come from the other angle, from theater, from like, uh, you know, serious acting school, we may end up in the same place, but they come from a completely different uh, perspective. So if you work with someone like, you know, old ravioli eyes, uh, <laughs> shredded beef beard, you see their approach. I can't wait to people in the street see you and McGregor and go, hey, ravioli eyes. <laughs> That's why you thought he was Italian. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The way they approach acting, it's so exciting to work with people like that because Comedy can be competitive, you know? Even mm-hmm. when I'm doing a stand-up show with my best friends, I want to be the best on that show. That's not the job of, like, theater actors. They want to make you better. They want to be there with you. They want to collaborate with you. And you've done a lot of collaborative comedy. I started in stand-up. It's not collaborative at, at all. It's right. competitive. And then on this show, working with Murray Bartlett and Annalie Ashford, who are, like, two of the best actors I have ever worked with, I learned so much from them. There was something I was doing in a scene in episode seven, and I was like, oh, I learned that from Murray back in episode two. Mm -hmm. So it's like every day you're working with these people who are the best you've ever worked with, and you're learning so much every day. And for the first time ever, I had like, oh, I'm having trouble with this scene. And I would go to like my co-stars and be like, hey, I'm having trouble with this scene. Could you like help me through it? And we'd sit on the floor and they'd like, we'd like work on it together. It was so exciting. The way over here, I swear to God, this is true. I was thinking about you. I like to think about, I was looking forward to this interview. And Bob Odenkirk came to mind because I think you two have both managed a very improbable, very hard to pull off feat. You're two guys that I've known and seen, witnessed you up close at different periods in your career, and you just keep saying, I'm going this way now. And I I just believe I'm going to be able to do it. And then you do it. Well, that's very kind. I don't think you can compare me to Bob Odenkirk. I think, you know, he's... His work on Better Call Saul is so good. He's always been a very good yeller. Like, he's so good at <laughs> yeah. screaming. Yeah. He's so good. And he was so good. He does have most... a lot of anger. I'm going to say that right now, <laughs> which probably helps him. And he's so good on, on Better Call Saul. And for me, you know, I want to be able to do all the things I love and, and the things you think you can do sort of keep changing. Yep. And it's always like you want. I want to try and do the next thing that's like almost impossible for me to do, but not quite. I mean, I think that's sort of the goal. And it's a very scary thing to like keep doing that. But um, I feel honestly very lucky that there have been people who thought I could do those things. And sometimes their belief that I could do it is what allowed me to yeah. To think I could do it. You can feed off that. Yeah. Like this show, Rob Siegel was like, I think you can do this. And really, that was what got me to say, maybe maybe he's right and I'm wrong. Well, it's uh, Welcome to Chippendales is coming out um, in a week and it's on Hulu. And I, I want to see it. I, I'm a huge fan of yours. And I'm glad that we're now best friends. You yeah. really walked into that one. No, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in. I'm here. Let's, uh, you don't want to think about it for a little while? <laughs> no, I'm in. Yeah. Okay. Here it is. Okay. I mean, this is it, we're best friends well, now. Well, okay. I got to make some calls because there's a couple of people out there, and they know who they are, who think they're my best friend. 
Um, Timothy Oliphant knows better. He knows. He does it because, you know, he's already moved on. He's a sociopath. Right? <laughs> uh, but um, All but I, handsome actors have to be sociopaths. <laughs> <laughs> How can you be that it's, handsome and, like, not completely... Here's what enrages me about him. He's that good-looking, and he's also incredibly funny. Again, I saw him charming. for the first on your show. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's... And he's I, devastatingly funny and I think that's not fair <laughs> it's so unfair I saw him at a party I hadn't met him and somebody introduced me to him and I was like you're very good at panel shows you're very funny and it was it meant so much to him he's like wow nobody thinks I'm like I can do comedy but oh my god yeah, yeah he's he's one of the funniest people so good people on I know. your show you guys are so good together well when you get two really handsome guys together uh, yeah. is this my thing <laughs> no it's working it's, oh it's weird <laughs> I heard a weird uh, sort of collective sigh um <laughs> Camille, Mike. really, seriously, this was, I was looking forward to this. I love talking to you uh, and continued success. And um, let's do this again. I love just, I, I feel like you're one of these people I could talk to for like 55 hours and we will not run out of things to, to chat about. No, so. thank you so much. I'll see you Saturday. All right. <laughs> <laughs> if a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Save big money on everything for your projects. Now at Menards. We have it all for garden and landscaping essentials. Visit our outdoor garden center today and update your backyard space. Grid accents lattice panels have a timeless design with an innovative design that's simple to install and requires almost no maintenance. Save big on lattice panel options at Menards. View our entire selection of garden center products today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. I decided to be a responsible citizen the other day. I uh, I thought I should get this the new booster shot. Mm. And this is the uh, the latest Omicron booster. You mm -hmm. heard about this? Yeah. No. Huh? You haven't? <laughs> Jesus. Anyway. I haven't. You heard of COVID? <laughs> I know about COVID. I didn't yeah. know. There's a new one. Okay. It's the latest one. And I thought, well, I'm going to be traveling east. You know, we're going to be doing podcasts there and- Big shows coming up uh, on the East Coast, and I thought oh, I should uh, I should go get that. So I, I made an appointment and I went to a CVS. This is not an ad. Okay. I just wanted to get the word but out. You said it so aggressively. If this is like, not a, really, By the way, this is not an ad. I'm just no, saying. But that, you just, you were like CVS. Yeah. Well, whatever. It's just very. Uh, I respect all businesses. Oh, you do. If, if you it, don't want to upset any major companies, I will not accept. I will not upset. Before. I, I wish to, even when not being uh, paid or compensated, I just wish to boost really? the American industrial engine. That's just me. How do you feel about Enron? I think it was the company that was doing its best. <laughs> and um, if, if some accounting errors were made, uh, I'm sure they've strained it out. How are they doing now? They must be back on track. Oh, yeah. They're, they're gone. Okay. Well, I'm sure they'll be back soon. <laughs> and when they are, Enron, I'm here to get the word out. Anyway, I go in and uh, I don't know how you guys would have handled this, but sitting outside, this they said, have a seat, sir. And I said, well, you know, Conan O'Brien didn't seem to get me anywhere. Yeah. He said, sir, please, you're making a fuss. Uh, have a seat. So uh, then door open and this uh, young woman who had just recently become a pharmacist, oh. just recently graduated from uh, pharmacist school, she invited me in and I sit down and she answered all the questions. And then she said, okay, let's do it. And I sort of put on the gun show, you know what I'm saying? I mm. pulled up uh, my left arm oh. and mm. she said, okay, let's do it. And she jabbed me mm -hmm. and it was fine. And then she said, hey, um, how about getting the flu shot at the same time? Do you want to do that? And I said, sure. 
Now, since then, I've heard other people say, I don't know if you want to get those at the same time. Oh, I did that at the same time. Oh, you did? For my first booster, yeah. Oh, okay. I said, sure, I'll do it. And she said, other arm? And I said, no, same arm. (laughs) Oh, jeez. And I thought I was just being like a, I think I was trying to impress her. I think so. It sounds like you were just kind of showing. Well, I just wanted to, I was like, I want to be a tough guy here. Did you at all go like, you know what? Give me two flu shots. Give yeah. me three boosters. Give me three of those Omicrons. <laughs> Give me three Omicrons and uh, deworm me. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, anyway, I got a second. I got the other one uh, right in the same arm. I think practically in the same place. Man, it hurt. Oh, really? Yeah, because I got them both in the same arm in the same place. Mm. And... Um, an hour later, I was dead. Oh. Wow. That's the end of the story. Who's this guy then? <sighs> I'm a ghost. Oh. Boo. Oh. Wait, why did you say, when she said, do you want it on the same arm? Why did you say yes? You knew what was going to happen. Did you really think that you were going to like impress this young person? I did. I think she was going to say, "You're a, wow, you're a real man's man. Yeah. What was her reaction? Do you think she was impressed? No, not at all. <laughs> She's like, this guy's stupid. Why would, I, this is the question I asked to see if people have any common sense. Yeah. But then I really kept, I did keep doubling down. I'm like, what else you got? I really did. I, w- I wanted to do something that where she would go back to the other people that she had just graduated uh, pharmacy school with and say, man, this guy came in today and he got the booster in the left arm. Then he got the flu shot in the left arm. I just kept wanting more. So I said, what? He got some polio there? And she said, well, I think you would have had the polio shot probably when you were born in the 40s. And I said, well, I want more of the polio. <laughs> and I just, I wanted more and more and more, but I was, uh, I was shocked. I have to say, I was kind of, I don't know. Did you have a reaction at all when you had your? Uh, mild, but I had this weird thing for years of my life. I would get aller- multiple allergy shots in my arm twice a week. And so, <laughs> I know, I know. It's I know. terrible to laugh at that. <laughs> why, are, why are you laughing and not you? I don't know well, what's happening here. Well, the two of you are here. just, talk- can I just say, talking about shots. Can I say something? <laughs> yeah. I was going to laugh, but Sona laughed so quickly and so hard that it, it snuffed out my laugh. I see. So wait a minute. Why did you have to have so many I shots? I had bad allergies. But the point is that now what's weird is I get kind of phantom allergy pain. So I get my shots in the other arm and then the right arm starts to hurt because I have I'm all this. Sorry. When people lose a limb, when people lose a limb, they have phantom limb pain. And you have phantom allergy pain. Hey, do you ever have phantom wedgie pain? Yes. You do, do you ever too? have? Do you, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I relive that wedgie. Those those hooligans gave me. I get back in some wet willies too. (laughs) A phantom wet willy. A phantom wedgie. Phantom allergies. Come on. I do. I have all this scar tissue in the arm from these allergy shots, and so somehow it triggers it. I don't know if it's psychosomatic or what. But what were you allergic to? Dust mites, and then everything else. But that was the biggest. So is that why your mother was constantly dusting around you? Just constantly? <laughs> no, she never dusted. It's probably why. Winifred. Remember? Welford. Welford. Thank you, son. Please. When Winifred. No, no. Please, excuse that's me. her please name. to you. What yeah. are you trying to say? <laughs> You're just making her name different. <laughs> I have incredible powers. <laughs> it's funny when Welford. uh it's Winifred. Welford. Are you doing it on purpose? Or no, you- I'm not. I really don't know. <laughs> But when Winston came by, <laughs> I remember that she had a big feather duster and she kept dusting you. I didn't realize that was left over from childhood. Did you? So uh, my point is, but are you, do you still have allergies to this yeah, day? Yeah, I just learned to live with them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you have rough. all that scar tissue for nothing? <laughs> yeah, pretty badass, huh? <laughs> you guys are so yeah. cool. I can't Can I just say these yeah. people What's giving you like? shots. When most like, guys yeah. have a scar, it's like on their face. <laughs> Yours is in a very well-concealed part of your arm, and it's from allergy shots. <laughs> and it's probably like hidden by some gross mole. <laughs> and you remember where my scar is, which is equally yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. It's on my calf uh, yeah. from the tuna fish can <laughs> that was sticking out of the trash bag 
bag my mother made me haul when I was wearing short pants. <laughs> oh, so you and I have you and I have equally embarrassing scars. Oh, speaking of moles, I now call my daughter the mole keeper because she tries to take moles off people, like That's like cute. scrape them off and pick them off. Isn't oh. that disgusting? Do you think she's like poking fun or making? No, fun I think of she wants to be a dermatologist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Does she try to eat them afterwards? <clears throat> she hasn't gotten anyone off yet. But. Oh, if I managed to get a mole off of someone, I would I would just be so obsessed with them popping it in my mouth. Why? Really? I just what would. The, oh. I know you've gotten moles you taken off at the dermatologist. Do you want to eat them Don't after? Reveal. How dare you? Oh, I'm sorry. How dare you as what? my personal assistant reveal that I've had to have a mole removed? No one is surprised. No! <laughs> no one is surprised that you'd have to have moles removed. How many? Come on. You, now, here we go with shots again, but this is a similar thing. Sure. How many moles would you say you've had removed? Because I've had dozens. I haven't oh. had moles removed. Oh. I've had uh, little skin tags, you know, because my parents didn't know about sunblock. Okay. Uh, of course, it wasn't invented when I was a child. But um, I've had, if you if you weighed all of the flesh that's been removed by a dermatologist from my skin, it'd be over, you could make another person. That's what I you say. You could make like a 140 pound person. I say person. my doctor was Doesn't? building, in, look at my back. Oh my God. Ah! Oh! Ah! <laughs> oh! Matt! Matt! That's like when the elephant man drops his robe. Jeez, I've had two moles removed. You, and I thought you, you that was like You normal. just said, behold, and you lift it up. Man, in the it Bible, like, if Christ encountered you, he'd be like, I'm not going, no. Doesn't it look like I got shot with a shotgun on my back? It does. Yeah. Yeah, Gee, that was uh, incredible. So what I'm saying is, my daughter's always after me. She's always trying to get at me. Yeah, she's yeah. trying to help you. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever do you go shirtless at the beach? Uh, yeah, but I use heavy sun cream. Why, why are you giving him a complex now? It's okay. That's oh no, fine. Nat should not be seen. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm not trying to give you a complex. I'm just for your own sake. That should not be seen. That was, uh, that's a horrifying tableau. It's like a Rorschach. Test. No, it's like you saved your platoon by jumping on nine grenades backwards. I'm sorry, that's what it looks like. And because of that, I'm alive in here today. Yeah, and you saved 75 people's lives. You're in the trench. All these grenades flew in and you said, hang on, fellows, I'm to the rescue. You took this. off your shirt and you dove backwards onto the grenades and were blown 7,500 yards into the sky. Desperately looking for paper and a pen. Yeah, trying to, to wrap. wrap Don't up. tell me when to wrap. We're going to wrap after I'm done with more stories of how your back turned into the biggest freak show I've ever seen. Good God. You must be chased by villagers with torches all the time. Oh, Lord. Good oh God. God. Okay, well, anyway, I hope you're better soon. I hope you're better soon. I'm fine. fine. I'm better because of it. Okay. I hope you're better. All right, well, let me, I've never been happier that this is not a visual medium. Oh, man. Uh, listener, you've been spared. That's all I'll say. And, uh... Let's just. Uh, it is funny now that people are going to think I have this like grotesque mutilated back. It's not uh, that bad. It's uh, not that. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you finally see it, it's not that bad. <laughs> all right, let's all go and cleanse our minds. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gorley. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Will Beckton. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been... 
a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Do you know someone struggling to figure out their mental health benefits? The Mental Health Insurance Assistance Office is here to help. Find us at insurance.ohio.gov slash G-E-T-M-H-I-A or call us at 855-438-6442. Don't wait. The Mental Health Insurance Assistance Office can help you figure out what mental health insurance benefits may be in their plan. Call us today at 855-438-6442.